0: Data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B two B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible, so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Ben, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode ryan rude founder and ceo of lake one and vincent discuss how organizational culture has an effect on marketing and about how accountability allows for growth aj isn't feeling well so vincent takes on this episode solo give it a listen
1: ladies and gentlemen hello it is me vincent petrofasa the vice president of b2b products and partnerships and still interim general manager of access b2b they haven't taken those titles away from me yet they also haven't promoted me to general manager but let's well that's a whole other podcast episode that will talk about that do i even want the title probably not but anyway it is so good to be here thank you so much for listening to the podcast and thank you so much for all the people who are coming up to me now again all the people let's use that very lightly there's about three to five people Per conference, I appreciate it to let me know that you are listening to the podcast. You're also asking me, is like, I love the banter. You know, you asked me, is AJ really like that? Just always calm, cool, collected. Am I always like this? The answer is painfully, yes. I am always like this. Uh, I were recording this at at two o'clock in the afternoon, and this is still me. Ladies and gentlemen, it drives people nuts. Some people love it. It's probably 50-50. That's how people feel about New York city. I think New York city, people are like, I love it. Or I hate it when they visit. I love it. I live here. So let's pause for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, the marketing stir. This is the first time you're listening. All things marketing, stirring things up starista, right? We're the company behind the podcast, who are we, we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business to business data, our own business to consumer data. We help people utilize that data through our own technology, all proprietary technology, you could use it to help you get new customers, new customers. That sounds great, doesn't it? Email me, vincent at The other thing, ladies and gentlemen, I this is a rare podcast. It's just me solo without my co-host with an amazing guest as per usual, but my co-host's not feeling well. He could not make it and as they say in show business, the show must go on. They don't say that in podcasting. We could easily re-record it or did it another day. But I wanted to talk to this guest so badly because uh, we hit it off right away. You often hear me say that on podcasts. But little known fact is I get to talk sometimes, most of the time, I get to talk to some of the guests beforehand uh, just, just to meet them. And it, it's great. It really like builds you know a nice relationship. Um, this is a guest who is recommended to us, right, uh, from, from, from a great organization. And we are so happy that we talked to him. He's doing great things out there in Minnesota, doing great things all over uh, the country. But he is calling in from Minnesota. Ladies and gentlemen, please, a warm stirrista and marketing stir. Welcome to the founder and CEO of Lake One, my friend, Ryan Rude. What's going on,
0: Ryan? hey vincent it's great to be here and i am going to be the first person to listen to the a podcast when you finally get the interim title removed so make sure I you let so. me know about that yeah yeah, yeah make, counting I down
1: we, i know i think we should get a petition going to make, <laughs> there, there make me go. we have we have a lot of listeners let, let's yeah, get exactly back. i'll be make
0: me the gm yeah i'll be the first assignment oh. buddy I love He'll it. I love first
1: it. it. Yeah, you know, it probably doesn't come with any more money. It comes with a lot more responsibility. And just more responsibility. Yeah, Responsibilities. Yep. Like, uh, yep. You know, it's crazy. But Ryan, welcome to the podcast. It's uh, so great talking to you. I, I was, uh, I said, when we met. I was like, all right, we got to have this guy on. I feel like, and I, I don't say this with every guest, and uh, as my my producers and listeners out there will know. You know, I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. Come on this guy's a fun time there's no way that you're not a fun time at a party I, I know that you uh, you are one day we'll get to you know have a drink together but Ryan let's get sure. right into it I was really fascinated like this is this is your your gig you know you're the yeah. founder CEO uh, Lake One for those listeners out there tell us about Lake One and kind of your role you're the founder and CEO but walk us through some of the day- to-day for you.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Lake One, uh, we are all about B2B, B2B manufacturing, B2B software, B2B services. Um, we help those type of organizations really get their revenue machine up and running and then humming. Um, so it's everything from the strategy behind it to the tools and technology that make it scale. Uh, and then also adding um, some extra hands-on um, support to make it, make it hum and make it go a little bit faster. Um, for me, it really kind of emanated out of this belief um, about eight 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 and a half years ago um, that I was seeing way too many people kind of being bamboozled by all of these pieces of technology, this ever-expanding landscape of tools and technology that have this promise of buy this thing, buy this platform, and all of a sudden... Leads and revenue are just going to flow through you, and it's just going to be amazing. Um, unfortunately, there's a whole lot more that goes into it than just buying the latest and greatest piece of technology uh, to really get that revenue machine humming. So that was kind of where, where Lakeland was born.
1: And what, what's some of the work you're doing there for, for Lake one, what, what are you, you know, specific industries and again, man, after my heart, my own heart with B2B that's uh, I still have that title, Ryan B2B still my (laughs) title. Thank goodness. They haven't taken that away from me yet, but talk to us about some of the, you know, what, what the company is doing for, uh, your clients.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. I've always, um, my entire life has always kind of been. Go where go where the path unfolds in front of you. Right. So when we started, it was very heavily focused on on the marketing side, the demand side. I come from a background um, in journalism and PR. That was where where I started. Um, so it was really focused on helping people understand how to create you know the right content, the right stories that would resonate with their buyers. Mm-hmm. That inevitably started to kind of pivot and move into a okay, great. Well, we're starting to generate this interest in this demand. Now, what? How do we make sure that we're qualifying the right opportunities and we're getting sales and marketing speaking the same language, which inevitably turned into a conversation of getting the the two sides of the revenue equation at the table talking the same language? So, we do a lot of work today in the sales and marketing alignment ecosystem. Some people call it RevOps. It's really just helping organizations um, come together around a common set of language that emanates out of their business goals.
1: And we'll have to get into that in a little bit because you know, the sales and marketing traditionally, Ryan, they're like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, uh, you didn't close leads, well, you didn't get yeah. many leads, and it's like, yeah. uh, so I, well, I want to talk to uh about that first, but let's let's dig into the name. I, I you know, Lake One is, yeah. I would imagine it's because it, in Minnesota, right, it's like land yep. of thousands of lakes. What is it?
0: Yeah, so they say 10,000, yeah, yeah, so. so there's actually thirteen thousand, like thirteen thousand eight hundred-ish lakes in Minnesota, but who's counting? Um, so yeah, it the name came um, on. I was kind of in between gigs, trying to figure out what was going to be the next um, thing I wanted to do. It took a trip up to the northern part of the state. So people who are familiar with Minnesota, we have this beautiful stretch of territory along the borders um, between Canada and Minnesota called the Boundary Waters. It's one of the last few pieces of untouched wilderness area. Um, and there's an entry point, a very popular entry point into the Boundary Waters for people that are looking to do canoe trips called Lake One, Um, and I found it very poetic that in Minnesota, the land of 10,000, 13,000 plus lakes, um, the road literally ended at Lake One, and it was the beginning of a journey for a lot of people, so over time, um, it's become, you know, really representative of how we help our clients, you know, navigate their way through digital transformation around settling marketing.
1: I love that. I love that story. And, uh, so we always ask this question too, cause there's a lot of people listening. So how, how did you get started? I you, you, told me how you got started there at, at Lake one, but just in this industry, like marketing, right. Yeah. was that the path you took, did you study something else in college? Love to hear that origin story.
0: Yeah. So I, I studied journalism. I studied broadcasting. Um, that was my high school gig. I was a radio guy in high school. Nice. Um, so I I went to college. My undergrad was in broadcasting. Um, I was a semester away from graduating, looking at my, my student loans, piling up and going, you're going to pay me how much to start a career in broadcasting? <laughs> um, and thinking, OK, that's not that's not going to work. Um, so I decided to to continue education, pursued a degree in advertising, trying to figure out you know, how do I pivot from journalism into something else. So I got a degree in advertising and PR, um, which turned out to be perfect because that kept me in the same town that I had my undergrad degree in um, and opened the door for an opportunity that that honestly kind of changed my life. I got um, into a startup um, in this small town in Minnesota, St. Cloud, Minnesota. It's kind of in the heart of Minnesota. Um, an ad tech startup that was doing some of the very first mobile advertising um, work um, right around the time that the iPhone was released. Um, so that's where I cut my teeth. I got to work for the founders, the co-founders there. They said, hey, we we have this role. We need somebody to help us, you know, think differently about how we're driving demand when our office is literally a cornfield in Minnesota and we're trying to sell the big brands on the coast. You, you think you could hack it? Hmm. Fresh out of college, had no idea what I was going to do, but I was hungry, um, and that's where I learned to, you know, do do things like testing. You know, throw everything you can against the wall, see what works. You know, pick up the stuff that works and keep doing more of it, and keep trying, you know, to figure your way through through it
1: and do you think that because you know m- you know mass media communications broadcasting that's kind of where i i cut my teeth in college as well and then yeah. you know, like you said going out to these companies and you know i was like i want to be in pr and then i was like oh no i
0: don't No, I, <laughs> no, do I don't.
1: Then, uh, <laughs> and then like yeah and then uh you know marketing and theater uh which is my minors which is like i'm actually doing all that now oddly yeah. enough but it's uh what do you how do you think that prepared you? Like you said, be, you know, PR and journalism, right? How do you think that prepared yeah. you for what you do now?
0: Uh, so a few things. Um, PR is all about hustle. I mean, if you're constantly trying to you know earn the pitch, win the pitch. Um, and honestly, modern marketing is really all about hustle. It's figuring out you know what works, what doesn't work, being willing to try things. Um, the biggest thing for me is the the power of a story, the power of a story to move somebody. Um, so while so much of the work that we do is digital um, and focused on, you know, how do you make things scale and make things grow, I I've always been rooted in yeah. But if the story sucks, all you're going to do is you're just going to make a crappy story scale faster, and that's that's not what you, that's not yeah, what that's you not want what to you have want, happen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. So. Uh...
1: Yeah, no, it's an interesting background because you know you have the, the ability, you know, the, the writing background to to you know, and and PR. So again, it's a good, perfect background is to create a story. Some of the, you know, the aspects there. If you if you did improv too, then forget it. Then it would be uh, the, the the trifecta there. That would be yeah, right. a, a, amazing. Now, Ryan, what are some of the things your clients are asking for now? Like what what are yeah. you what are you some of the work you're doing? What what are some of the trends out there in B two B? I certainly you know know what some of our partners are asking for. But, you know, l- l- love to learn you're in the trenches as well.
0: Yeah, it's been so interesting, especially as we kind of gone through this wave, you know, COVID, lockdown. COVID's not going away. Wow, this thing's lingering around for a really long time. It's not going away. So now we have to live with it type of thing. Um, what we're hearing a lot from from clients is how do we... How do we continue to provide relevant context? How can we think about things and make connections that matter? So again, you know, going into COVID, it was wow, all of these traditional, you know, these industries that were very used to selling face to face were just completely shook up and turned upside down, going, I can't travel. I'm you know, a manufacturer that is used to showing people my widget. And now I can't do that. Um, so video replaced that, you know, one-to-one sales video. And now Now that these platforms are in place and we're thinking about scale, it's how do we continue to be relevant? How do we continue to provide context? Um, So a lot of that translate into having conversations around um, for lack of, I I hate using buzzwords, but account based marketing tends Mm -hmm. to be a lot of the conversations um, and really thinking about, um, you know, going out fishing with a spear, not a net.
1: Yeah, yeah, we hear that a lot, too, just, or even in general, even if it's like marketers today, we're finding, even if it's more persona based, Ryan, as yep. opposed to just ABM, it's just how to spend your marketing dollars wisely, uh, a, a, an approach where, you know, multifaceted use it in totally. different ways. So, uh, no, I definitely like that approach. So let's get back to the sales and marketing, right? Why, why do you think it's so important for the two sides to be, you know, at the same table? Discussing it, and how do you think like that collaboration, you know, affects technology decisions?
0: Yeah, so I mean, the, the the easiest answer to that is because both teams are responsible for it. So in organizations that are having the most success, those two teams are on the same page. It's when they're you know combative and at each other's throats that's when they're when you're seeing you know the struggle to achieve the revenue results, and especially it starts to become the most pronounced when things start to get economically dicey like they are right now Um, in terms of, you know, how, how are some of those things coming together? Um, In my experience, it's an understanding of what, what role each, each side does and having both, both, both um, representative leaders of both sides, having kind of an understanding of, you do this for me. I do this for you. Um, so you, you know, you do the hunting. We do the, so to speak, you know, the 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 prepping, the, yep, the gathering, yep. gathering, yeah. Um, but the other piece of it too that we found has been really interesting is that you know that's the easy answer. Where the where the rubber meets the road in it is a lot of organizations think they're in alignment around here's the business goals, the business wants to achieve this much revenue. And they think they're in alignment of what that means in terms of, you know, qualified pipeline, what qualified pipeline looks like. And then when you ask somebody, you know, you have three sales and marketing leaders around a table and you ask each of them to say, what does a qualified deal look like? Tell me, you know, what are the properties of that? You get three different answers. All
1: different, yep, all different answers, yep.
0: Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not enough to just be having this kumbaya moment. It's actually saying, okay, well, VP of marketing, VP of sales, you know, CFO, why are we all thinking completely different things here? Because that needs to be settled first.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I I like that approach. And I think that's, you know, how we we're talking to more and more companies, you know, on this podcast, we're trying to just align it and how important it is to, everyone, you know, marketing to have a seat at the yeah. revenue table. So it, I think it's, you know, more and more important, uh, you know, now and in moving forward in, in 2023. So Ryan, let's get back to, you said something earlier that resonated with me where you said like, all right, I'm just out of school and I have to shine some light on this company in Minnesota where you said, did you say cornfield? Is that what you said? Um, yeah,
0: the office was literally in a cornfield.
1: Yeah, so so like I don't I assuming your your office is not a cornfield now, but this company yeah. from Minnesota, right? It's like uh you know you you hear the big dogs in L.A. and San Francisco and in New York, right? Yeah. How are you marketing? How do people you know I, I, learning about Lake Juan?
0: T- yeah. Tell us
1: about uh, about that journey.
0: You know what's funny is it, it it always comes back to the the PR roots and the journalism roots is that's where do people find their stories? Where do people, you know, consume content? Um, I literally was having a conversation with with a couple of clients this morning about it. And especially as you start to see more and more thing, more and more pressure get put on ads on ad spend. And it become harder and harder to target and be relevant, you start to see people go back to and at least two or three times a year, all clients say, well, what what would we do to market if the internet didn't exist? Like, what would we do? How would we be relevant? Um, it would be things like this. It would be getting, you know, in front of people, sharing your point of view in... Tribes that already exist, where people are listening, talking about, sharing, and exchange of ideas. Um, so doing more and more of that, looking at things like podcasts, publications. Um, Chris Walker, the CEO of Refine Labs, on is prolific on LinkedIn in kind of talking about this notion of dark social, and it's it's the the thing you can't track. You can't track because there's no url parameter for it that says ah this lead came from a google ad or ah this lead came from a linkedin click but it's i heard you on a podcast i saw you at that conference and i was one of the three or five people that came up to you and said (laughs) you're that guy from that podcast yeah Yeah, exactly um but that's really what where you make the biggest impression um and because it has last it has staying power i mean uh, an ad is a flash in the pan right um but people remember if they stick with you for 45 minutes which i hope everybody listening sticks with us through the end of this podcast so.
1: absolutely they usually do man yeah they usually do because yeah. you know we we try to we, we offer relevant content uh and have some great speakers on like yourself so that is yeah I, I like that approach it's like yeah that going into things like what if the internet didn't exist right it's yeah. and I, I think during the pandemic a, a few things happen right where um there, a lot of companies were like, whoa, 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 uh, the internet very much does exist. And we're not digitally ready for it. Ready we're, for not, it. Uh, we're not ready for it. It's like uh, those, yeah. mo- the, those like shops, those, uh, those uh, restaurants were like, I always get foot traffic, you know, you're not getting yeah. it anymore. So nope. uh, that's there's that but then you also see, you know, yeah, the, the that out of home, like I'm in New York City, and I'm on the subway, and I see ads mm-hmm. all the time. And it makes it, you know, pop it's like it's it's out there there's other than there's other mediums like you know people traditional brands that we've spoken to like Cuisinart was on our podcast and they're doing yeah. and they're doing TikTok I'm like wow you never would think yeah. a hundred year old brand would be so yeah it, it's a variety of different things that like, you got to think it. about it
0: even sorry to interrupt, but even you know, think oh. about a B2B brand that all of a sudden says, you know what, we're going to not take all of our spend, our ad spend and put it into LinkedIn, but we're going to use what we know about our ad spend and target with connected TV. So all of a sudden I'm mm-hmm. beaming into the home of a CIO, if I'm, you know, a SaaS product and they're flipping through Hulu and they get a SaaS ad yeah. in the middle of, you know, a Volvo ad like that, that's jarring and disruptive and that makes an impression.
1: Exactly, you know, it's one of those things where we, uh, you know, we hear more and more about that, Ryan. About
0: it's like connected TV or
1: reaching the business-to-business executive at home. Let's take a step back. Reaching the B two B executive at home is like the QR code. Years ago, like you know, seven years ago, you didn't use a QR code. Right. I was like, I was like, who is watching me? Like, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I was like what in the heck is this now you got my mother-in-law ordering chicken parm with it yeah she's in her 60s and she's like i'm rocking and rolling with this it's like it's that it's it's, uh, a lot of people being like oh you could target a business executive at home who cares oh now you do so yeah exactly uh, and and and, and that's relevant you also see like at uh you'll go to a game like a stadium or an arena and you'll see like an ad for like ibm or or salesforce you're like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I'm in a box with other executives, and we're enjoying a yep. game. So, yeah, it's it's that you know, outside the box, I think thinking.
0: Totally.
1: Speaking of that, Ryan, like, what what, you know, what would you say sets you apart a- a- as a marketer, as a leader? Some of your uh, you know differentiators, and also Lake One. Talk to us about that. Is Lake One? You, you, you focused on, uh, you have regional and, and national clients. Uh, yep. what, what, what was the focus there To I know there's a lot of questions, but I just have a lot in my mind where I'm like, what was the focus to also help some of the companies right there in your backyard? Like, I think these companies need some help. Yeah. Right. So talk to me about that.
0: Yeah. So um, it, it definitely started locally here. Um, came from you know I cut my teeth in the startup world was always fascinated with startup growth and loved the energy of it and honestly one of our big core values one of my personal drivers um is this notion that school is never out you're always learning um that has always been kind of what's drawn us to high growth organizations so it doesn't necessarily have to be a startup it could be you know uh, uh, an organization that's changing leadership or a family-led, you know, manufacturer that's trying to make a, a big change. Um, it's just that that desire for quantifiable growth. And I think a lot of times, you know, you, you, you used the reference earlier about marketing having a seat at the revenue table. I have come to kind of experience two types of school of thought around marketing one is that where marketing has the ability to have a very articulate here's how we can influence revenue and i'm not afraid of the numbers even if the numbers are bad like that's the biggest part is it's it's okay to fail because that means we're learning something that will get us closer to the success we want uh-huh. and the other school of thought where either marketing is afraid to have any accountability for the numbers or because the organization and the culture of the organization is one that marketing is a task taker and just executes on some things and makes things look pretty Um, so it was always my intent with like one to find the companies that were interested in perceiving marketing as that first bucket that they knew that in order for them to achieve the results they wanted to marketing needed to contribute at that
1: level and yeah, no, i I like that you know it's it's you know accountability i I know uh I've ever speaking to some people friends of mine in the industries go like, oh, yeah I'm at this new company it's like we don't have a, uh, you know sales goals or mark I'm like so you not know quantifiable goals I'm like right. Come on. it's like yeah I don't even have a number I'm like yeah you, you know that's even worse not that's even
0: worse it's yeah. uh it's that's
1: even worse the way the way I look at it yeah. Brian, let's talk about our one of our staple questions. We brought up LinkedIn. We all use it, right? It's uh, you know, great uh, you know, great platform. Yeah. Uh, but our signature question here at Starista is, you know, you, your title, right? Uh, you know, CEO founder, like one, you must get a lot of unsolicited emails or messages through <laughs> LinkedIn. What are some that resonate with you? Yeah, and what are some that you just don't never click on? You're just like, they got it wrong.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in, and I'm sure every guest says the same thing. It's the ones that are not personalized. It's the ones that are just like the praying and spraying. Um, and candidly, I don't respond to a lot of LinkedIn messages because there's just so many of them between my inbox and my LinkedIn message messages. They're they're so bad. Um the ones that get my attention and that make me go, huh, maybe I will are succinct and precise. So they're quick and they they either make me laugh because they clearly took time to, to write something to try to catch my attention or they, they address something specific. So it's heard you on the marketing stir podcast, mm-hmm. agree with this, or saw you respond to somebody else's comment. Like they're trying to make that connection Um, and they don't go straight for, for a a sell right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know we, we talk about that a lot on, uh, on the podcast because we've had a hundred and something guests and, you know, um, different answers for what it's, it's somewhat different answers, but it's always, you know, it's underlying tone of like personalization and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, and we have a lot of people, we have like, you know, the term SDRs and BDRs. Right. We have a lot of their managers or even sdrs themselves come up to us or write us and they say like hey thanks this helped me go to my manager who she or he just was like no 100 touches a day and it's like no it's it's Mm -mm. not that's it about and i always say like advice where if you know we get a lot of people who want to be on this podcast and we love we we love that we appreciate that But here's a great way to get our attention. Tell us you listen to the podcast. Tell us you like the podcast. That's all. Just hey, I love the podcast. Would love to have someone on. That's it. Little little things like that. That's what gives my attention. But
0: real quick on that. So I mean, for the SDRs, BDRs that are listening to it, one of the questions you asked was kind of, you know, what about the PR journalism background has carried really well for me same thing i mean pr people are the best at writing pitches because they take the time and i remember like back to that first gig that i had where i'm sitting in the cornfield and was the task was like get get us seen in TechCrunch, get us in you know giga home and i'm i'm sitting here going okay i'm 19 years old a nobody at this tech tech firm the ways I got into that was starting to follow, finding the right writer at TechCrunchack, you go home, following them on Twitter, sending them a DM about something that they wrote about that was interesting. And then within two weeks, pitching them on an idea. And they're like, absolutely great. So if you take the time, you make the connection. Six times out of 10, you're going to slam dunk it.
1: I, I love that. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent advice for people out there. We, we have... We have you know, C level executives down, to, you know, SDRs, uh, students who listen to this podcast, and and that's that's some of the best advice we we've heard for for them uh, on on this. It's just you know, do the research, follow them, you know, you know, understand some of their styles, yeah. you know, mention that you like something uh, with it. Uh, also, virtual coffee. Yeah, we, uh, we we mentioned that a lot. You know, it's like especially a student maybe, maybe not the term virtual coffee by the student where they're like, yeah. you know, if you're reaching out and you want to learn about a company and you reach out to a C-level executive and you want to pick, pick their brain and they don't respond, well, shame on them. Yeah. Uh, shame on them. Obviously they can't do, you know, for like 47 <laughs> students, but like every, I'm part of the marketing club of New York, which is a nonprofit organization. I want to talk about some of the, your, your work that you do as well. And, um, for charitable organizations but it's like the marketing club in new york it's an organization that it, it helps fuel scholarships for people pursuing this marketing career yeah. and it's like after an award show if i'm hosting it or if i'm just part of it people come up to me and i'm like this is great i, I found you know our last intern that way and then uh our current intern through through that relationship there so it works it works yeah. it just, you know it's it just don't don't be a jerk just <laughs> mention like but what I would also tell these students as well, Ryan, is is just follow up. You know, I'm, I'm saying follow up with me. If you don't, that's on you. And don't just follow up once, you know, yeah. we're we're busy. And it's no problem if you follow up more than once.
0: Totally. Uh, it's amazing a, how much how many missed opportunities are lost in the follow up.
1: Exactly. And nowadays it's so easy. Remember, like when, when I came out of college, um, you know, I was going to date myself here. And uh, if my co-host AJ was on, he'd laugh at me. But like, I went to the local library and I had to research companies and I had to get resume paper
0: yeah. and send out
1: letters. I got a rejection from a letter. And, you know, yeah. you could always tell when you didn't get the job. It's like the same way you don't get into a college at the oh, thin, thin yeah. letter. It's then thin letter. You didn't get it. It yep. was a big, totally. <laughs>
0: that's a yeah. big advice
1: advice. Well, who is it? It's not for advice. But nowadays, like if I wanted the CMO of Pepsi's uh, attention, I'd have to write them uh, a letter. Uh-huh. Now I could follow them on LinkedIn and look up, it's Todd, you know, uh, Todd Kaplan, right? He was on our podcast. Uh-huh. And just say, hey, Todd, you know, that's it. You have access. Come on, students.
0: Totally. You yeah. could do
1: it. You could do it.
0: Yeah, you just have to be brave enough
1: Exactly. So, Ryan, let's talk about that. I, you know, we always talk about we, we love when our guests are also doing volunteer work. Strista yeah. just had a summit. And uh, this year's uh, this year's nonprofit was Respite Care of San Antonio before it was the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, tell us about your work within Pinky Swear Foundation. I love that yeah. name, by the way, Pinky Swear. Um, we'd love to yeah. hear more
0: about it. Yeah. So Pinky Swear Foundation is based here in Minnesota. Um, serves families nationwide. It's based on the um, pinky swear promise between a a boy and his father um, as he was dying from terminal bone cancer. Um, He was, when he was, it was Christmas time. We're actually just this last weekend marked our 20th year um, of of this charitable work. Um, So as he was dying on the pediatric um, cancer ward floor here in Minnesota, um, he overheard another family talking about the fact that they wouldn't have any Christmas gifts. So he asked his dad to go take all of his savings out of his savings account it was six thousand. He put them into the envelopes and wrote XO, XO, Mitch and handed out the, the cash to all of the kids. Um, and then made his dad Pinky Swear promise that they would continue to do that. So wow. Pinky Swear stands today to give families financial grants when a family when a child is diagnosed with cancer. Um one in 10 families who have a kid who diagnosed is diagnosed with cancer ends up bankrupt. So they're giving out financial grants for everything from being able to pay the mortgage to being able to put fuel in the car to be able to take kids back and forth from appointments. Um, They also do things like buying groceries. We have um, relationships with hospitals all over the country where we have they're called pinky swear pantries where there's places where families can go and get snacks and stuff if they're hanging out with their kids. Um, And we also do um, all-star weekends where um, we'll let you know kids get together with their brothers and sisters go hang out at mall of america or something like that to just just be a kid um so i started volunteering with them uh in 2016 i joined the board two years ago um and i myself i'm a 28 year uh survivor of childhood cancer so that's my personal connection to it so
1: wow, it's a it's an amazing story so glad you're a survivor of it and that's PinkySwear.org, ladies and gentlemen, for people listening. Uh, that, keep up the great work there, Ryan. We love hearing stories like that. PinkySwear.org. Uh, we're just about done, Ryan. It's, it's flown by. So tell us about, you know, uh, what does one do in Minnesota? I would imagine a lot of yeah. outdoor, or a lot of outdoor stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, not today. Not today so much. We're getting a combination of ice, snow, rain, when I, it's a little bit of everything today so today is not so much an outdoor day but yeah. normally yeah I spend a lot of time outdoors on one of the lakes sun, on in one of the many lakes um doing a lot of things you know camping fishing um we love we love all four of our seasons here in Minnesota so that's amazing I don't know if
1: I'd like one of them I don't know if I'd like that, <laughs> that winter there we, we have our uh our co-worker uh aaron groat shout out to aaron groat our uh you know head of digital here and he's in minnesota as well and he just tells me like these stories i'm like how is this a thing it's like march <laughs> it's april how is it snowing yeah. like that but no, but yeah. he also says and i hear this a lot about minnesota uh and he says when it's beautiful out it's just it gorgeous is. it's a it's a great uh, great place so ryan if uh, you know a, a closing thought if you want listeners to take away you know, one or two things from this podcast, what would it be? Lay it on us.
0: Um, So, you know, I say this to all of our clients. I say this to my team. Um, It can get overwhelming, all of these things that, you know, you're trying to push forward, especially from a B2B perspective. And every, you know, Every time Dick and Harry has an opinion on what you should be doing, um, but I love the quote "Progress over perfection." Um, it's there's I, there's multiple people that are attributed to it, but it's an old um, war quote um, that basically the you know the the plan never survives first contact with the enemy, and I've distilled that down to progress over perfection. Um, just keep keep moving forward, and if each day you can do you know one thing a little bit better than you did. The day before, um, you're outpacing your competitors.
1: I love it. Progress over perfection. Ryan, this has been awesome. I knew it would. It's amazing catching up with you. Check out Lake One, ladies and gentlemen. Check out Ryan uh, Rude, R U U D. You'll see it in when you uh, go to listen to the podcast. Founder and CEO of Lake One. That's Ryan Rude. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. AJ our co-host, hopefully feeling better. We hope him back very soon. He's our, you know, he's our leader here. We call him the Harry Potter of our company. He's our wizard. So uh, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll talk soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.